Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Browns were terrible. They were consistently last place in the league. Uh, No, not those Browns, not the Cleveland Browns. I'm talking about the St. Louis Browns. From 1902 to 1953, the Browns managed to win exactly zero World Series. Meanwhile, the team that they shared a stadium with during that same time period won six World Series. The Browns were consistently at the bottom of the standings year after year. And in the event that they actually got a good player, (laughs) they'd end up having to trade him to the Yankees or some team like that so they could get cash in return so that they could continue to exist as an organization and then they would continue to be bad. In 1953, the last year for the Browns, they won 54 games, lost 100 games, and they finished a mere 46 games out of first place. But after the 1953 season, a decision was made to move the team to Baltimore. No longer would the St. Louis Browns be the cellar dwellers. Now you're going to have a new team, a new identity. You are going to have the Baltimore Orioles, a new start, a new identity. Well, 1954, the first year for the Baltimore Orioles, and they went on to finish with a record of 54 wins, 100 losses, and only 57 games out of first place. New start, new identity, same losing ways. That's how it often looks with the Christian life, I think. We've been given a new identity, a new name, a new start, and yet it doesn't often look all that different than it did before. The old sinful man is still there. We still struggle with some of the same sins. We still have to keep going back to the Lord and, and confessing those same kinds of sins again and again and again and again and again. And sometimes we have to wonder, has anything really changed? Well, things really did change for the Browns turned to Orioles. Over the next several seasons, they continued to be at the bottom of the standings. They were terrible among the worst teams in the league. But at the same time, they began to build up their farm system to invest in young players. And they began to develop what they called the Oriole Way. The Oriole Way was a way of doing things. The entire organization from the top to the bottom, from rookie ball all the way to the major leagues, everybody was going to do things the same way. The way that you would uh, do cutoffs, the way that you would uh, do signs, the warm-ups that you would do. Everything was going to be the same across the board. There was going to be a uniform approach, and there was a way the game was going to be played. And if you didn't do it, you weren't going to be part of the organization. The Oriole way and the strategy of building up the farm system didn't pay off right away. But then, from about the the mid-1960s through the early 1980s, the Orioles became one of the best ball clubs in baseball, and during that stretch, they won three World Series. As we turn to Colossians chapter 3, we don't see laid out for us the Oriole way, but we do see 
the way of Christ. The way of the Christian. The way, by the way, that, that's what the Christians were called early on. They weren't called Christians initially. They were called followers of the way, which was a, a reference both to Jesus being the way and the truth and the life, right? But also it was a recognition by all of the other people around them that, hey, there's, there's something different about these Christians. There's a, a way in which they go about things. There's a way in which they live that's just different than everybody else. Followers of the way lived in a way that, that reflected their Savior. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul lays out for us the way. Now, we've got to understand very, very, this is, this is pretty clear for us, right? This is not Paul saying, all right, here's how now you can become a Christian. Paul is not laying out for us a way in which he says, now, if you do these things, you can become a child of God. You can be uh, in the favor of God. Rather, what Paul is saying is, by baptism into Christ, you're already a child of God. You already are a new creation in Christ. So now in in chapter 3, he's going to say, now here's what it's going to look like to live as what you are. Remember what he said in chapter 2. In him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Paul says, you're standing before the Lord. That's sure. That's certain. In baptism, you were adopted into the family of God, and by faith in Christ, you continue to be in him and in his ways. Unlike the Baltimore Orioles, who, if you didn't live up to the standards, they would cut you or trade you. (laughs) That's not what Jesus does with us. And it's a good thing, right? We'd all get cut. We'd all have been traded a long, long time ago. But that's not what he does with us. When... We don't live up to the standard when we don't live up to the way that we have been given to walk. We return to the Lord and we receive forgiveness and we are forgiven and renewed and sent forth to live again for him. Now, chapter 3 lays out exactly what it looks like to live as the baptized, to live from that identity of knowing who you are in Christ. Paul writes at the beginning of chapter 2, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And then in chapter 3, Paul says, Now here's what that looks like. Here's what it looks like to live as one who's walking in the ways of the Lord. He begins with this. If then... You have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, Paul begins with, if then, not in order for you to doubt, right? He's not saying, 
Well, you better make sure that this is the case. Rather, what he's saying is, hey, since this is the case, right? Since you have been baptized into Christ, you know who you are. You are a child of God. Since that's the case, here's what it's going to look like. You're going to set your your mind on the things that are above. Now, what does that mean? Set your mind on things that are above. Like, sit around and just think godly stuff, right? Sit around and just kind of think about, like, heaven or something? Well, no. That's, that's really not what Paul is, is saying here. What he's saying is live with eternity in mind. The things of this earth are passing away. Why set your minds on the things of earth Like, why let that be your main focus when those things are all going away? It's all going away. Rather, live with that which is eternal in mind. Our world is filled with people who want to tell us how to live. I mean, go to the self-help section of the bookstore or the library And it's huge, right? Huge sections of self-help. And if you start reading, you will find all kinds of contradictory ideas of what you should be doing. Look on YouTube for self-help and you'll find all kinds of people willing to tell you exactly how you should be living and what you should be doing. By the way, don't do that. Don't go to YouTube looking for self-help stuff. Really bad idea. Uh, but, But it's everywhere, isn't it? And Paul is saying, hey, remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Live with the things of God in mind. Live as one who's been made holy by the blood of Jesus. Live with that which is eternal in mind. Don't get caught up in all of this stuff. Set your minds on the things of Christ and let that order your life. Uh, Really, this can be helpful to, to just run it through the first three commandments. So sometimes we think about the the commandments and all we think about is kind of that negative aspect of them. That's like what you're not supposed to do. But there's also that positive aspect, right? Here's what we are to do, what God wants us to do. and, And when we do these things, it's good. So the first commandment teaches us what? Put God first in all things. Set your minds on the things that are above. Put God first in all things. The second commandment teaches us to call upon God's name often and in all circumstances, right? Set your mind on the things that are above. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak the name of the Lord. Let his name be on your lips and in your heart consistently. The third commandment teaches us to make worship and devotional life a priority, right? Set your mind on the things that are above. Well, when you're not in church, when you're not Having daily devotions, your mind is not going to be on the things that are above, but it's going to be consumed by the latest thing that the media wants to get you stirred up about or whatever else the world is going to put in front of you. But when we do these things, there's so much blessing for us. We see things as they are. We remember who we are and whose we are. Those things that others might say about us, they they just roll off our backs because we don't really need their affirmation. We know who we are based on what the Lord has said about us. 
sports and work and hobbies. They, they find their proper place in our lives as something that we do because of our identity, not as something that defines who we are. In verse 3, Paul writes this, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Do you notice the tense there? You have died. (laughs) It doesn't say, you will die. He says, you have died. Well, I'm looking at you guys. You look alive, right? Have you died? Well, yeah. If you've been baptized into Christ, you sure have. That's what Paul told us in Colossians chapter 2. That's what it says in Romans chapter 6, that when you were, you, when you were baptized, you died. You were buried with Christ, and you were raised as a new creation. You are new, even if your life doesn't always look like it, Right? That identity is still real because it's the Lord's doing, not our doing. Last week, we looked at that fourth part of the section on baptism in the small catechism. You remember what it says? Oh, of course, you can quote it from memory for me, right? I'll read it for you. I'll read it for you. What does such baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. This is what Paul is laying out for us in chapter 3. This is that new man who emerges and arises and now is seeking to live in the ways that the Lord would have us live. This is what it looks like when we take off our old sinful ways. Really, what do we do? We we take them to the Lord, right? We go to Jesus and we say, Lord, I've messed up again. I've sinned again. I have disobeyed you again. Forgive me. He takes all of that and he clothes us with his righteousness. Our sins are very much forgiven. And he now says, now go, go live as the holy person that you have been made. Go live as one who bears my name. Go live as a new creation that I've made you. He's actually changing us when that happens. When we confess our sins and we receive that forgiveness, he actually changes us. Now, it's not an overnight thing, right? It's not like, well, you got baptized. Now now you're done with sinning. You're not going to have that problem anymore, right? Well, I wish it were that way sometimes, but that's not how it is. But every day, we begin to go back to that baptismal water by confessing our sins. We're washed, we're renewed, and the Lord strengthens us, and he remakes us, and he sends us out as that new creation. And little by little by little, there are real changes that occur in our lives. Paul tells us in uh, verses 5 through 10, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Now, let's listen to this list of sins, right? Surely you can't identify with any of these. <laughs> Sexually Im- immor- sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming in These you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, 
malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Oh, none of those ever describe any of us, right? (laughs) Well, of course they do. You look through that and you can identify with those sins. We're not completely rid of them yet, but that's why we keep going back to Jesus. We keep coming back and we receive his forgiveness. We receive that righteousness that he gives us again. And he sends us out to be his people who bear his name. He forgives us and he helps us to be what he has made us to be. He clothes us with his righteousness. And so then what do we do? We, we put on compassionate hearts. Kindness, humility, meekness, patience. We forgive each other as we've been forgiven. Because that's the way of Christ. That's the way into which we've been baptized. That's the way of the family of God into which we've been adopted. This is the way of those who bear the name of Christ. There's not an overnight change, but little by little, the Holy Spirit is at work in us and we, as we die to sin and we're clothed with righteousness from Christ. And we live in that righteousness and purity. And we begin little by little to more closely resemble what we will be when Christ returns on the last day and we appear with him in glory. Now until that day, let's set our minds on the things that are above. As those who bear his name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.